It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We play that game nine times out of ten, you probably win. So we didn't tonight. And, uh, you know, but we we knew this wasn't going to be easy coming in. I I think if anyone had said, hey, uh, at the start of the series, you've got to – we're going to give you an opportunity to go into Minnesota game six and, and win the series. Uh, and game seven is going to be at home. You know, we would have taken that. So, um, you know, we worked to put ourselves in a good spot. We had an opportunity tonight. We, we, uh, we worked hard, uh, didn't get it done. We'll regroup and look to get it done in game six. And that is Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer following last night's Game 5 loss for the VGK to the Minnesota Wild. Nighttime at noon, Dave Gosher, Shane Noddy with you. We're going to get to the game. We'll get to breaking down the game, the shot attempts, the shots in the second period, the whole nine yards. We'll look ahead to Game 6. We'll also take a peek a little bit later at other action around the Stanley Cup playoffs. How about the Winnipeg Jets sweeping the Edmonton Oilers right out in four straight? But Dave and Shane with you. Before we get to any of that, Shane, how about the atmosphere yeah, in that, that building that, last night? That's the to me. That's the topic uh, for so long, and we've been there. We've we've seen it. Uh, the whole evolution of from we went back in the bubble with just you and I in an empty building with concrete down, uh, calling game very eerie. To you know, eventually getting games back to some fans and more fans, more fans, and then that truly felt like the fortress last night uh, the atmosphere just incredible and, and so good to see so many people back in the stands cheering it was loud it was you know everything that makes vegas great and the golden knights and, and their fans their passion uh, the electricity they bring uh, the adrenaline they can give the players it was all part of it last night the only thing that was missing was uh, the end result but uh, certainly they did their part and now it's uh, the Golden Knights hoping to do it away from T-Mobile. Yeah, the it's last night, especially Shane. I always think this maybe when the during the uh, during the Star Spangled Banner when Carnell Johnson yeah. does his thing when everyone's standing up, but then you have the the rally towels on the seats, and obviously there's still some seats covered lights. with you got, you the got lights. Everything. You got everything going on. There's still some seats covered with the, uh, you know the 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 seats they can't be in. They cover those, right? I don't know what yeah. they call those things, but well, you know what? Whatever Tarp. they tarps. There you go. But. Um, Especially during the anthem, it looks packed. You know, it looked like it was eighteen thousand people. Even in that before that, when it when it, the, the countdown to nighttime, to yeah. me that's you know that's when it everything just builds up and it's a slow build, and then the anthem and the game starts, and then on you go. Just uh, you know, incredibly part of it. Incredible to see that back in the building. Uh, players certainly recognize it, and. Uh, hopefully we get to see a lot more of it. Yeah, they had about 3,500 more last night compared to the uh, second game against Minnesota. So a season high, 12,156. I know that the Golden Knights are hoping that they're going to be playing games in the month of June because if they are able to play next month, they're hoping to increase that capacity even more. But just, I think I said early in the game last night, Shane, it just felt like the old days. Like how it used to be, and it wasn't ago. that long ago, but it seems well, like a lifetime a, ago, right? Ago, 14 like, months yeah, or so, right? It's, it's just so much has happened since then. And, and yeah, look, and on the theme of the crowd, you know, we, we chatted with assistant coach uh, Steve Spot yesterday morning, and we kind of talked to him about, look, him and Pete DeBoer would know better than anybody what it's like to try to come into that building as an opponent and try to keep their season alive, which they did a couple of years ago with San Jose. And he was telling us, look, if you're the Golden Knights, you want to try and get rolling early, get the crowd into it, create that momentum. 
if you're on that other bench in the other locker room, that's the last thing you want. Keep everything quiet for the first 10 minutes. The Golden Knights scored at 8 minutes and 14 seconds of the first period. Exactly the what The place they was needed. going nuts. So here's the thing. And in playoffs, it's all season long. You build your team for the games within the games. And one of them is the momentum shifts and how when you get it, one in your favor, how you build on it. And if you don't, how you react to it. Well, game two, Jonathan Marshall reacted the right way, finally getting the first goal of the 2021 playoffs right after the Wild grabbed the lead. Well, last night, Mark Stone got and I thought, here we go. The, fan is in, the fans are in a frenzy. The building's rocking. And then credit to the Wild. They did what you want to do when momentum gets taken away. You answer back quickly. And uh, they were able to do that. A great play by Matt Zuccarello. Just kind of weaved his way through the neutral zone, giving too much room. And then uh, the sensational rookie, Kaprizov, able to roof one over Flurry. Not much chance on that shot. And if you look at it, so the, the total shot attempts, uh, I, I said this to you last night when we were coming back from the third period. I don't think I'd ever said this before. The shot attempts in the second period were 40-3 to three for Vegas. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. You never hear that. For the game, they were 84-22. But the Wild, to their credit, they had that stretch of about seven and a half minutes in the first period, right? Kaprizov ties it. Then Parisi, huge goal for him, had been a healthy scratch, you know, for the first three games. And then Jordan Greenway. But, you know, so they get it to 3-1. And then from that point on, the last two periods, the Golden Knights outshoot them 33-7, to including 22-1 to in the second period, but never could, you know, get themselves back even and get themselves over the hump to wrap up the series last night. Well, the second period was, was crucial in the fact that they were able to get a goal from Martinez. They needed something to take out of that. When you press that hard, you, you've got to take something away at the end of 40 minutes. And, and you know, I thought, you know, at that point they should have been at least been tied, if not ahead. But they came out with one goal, still down one the third. And it just, maybe even more so, it speaks to the importance. We heard it from both coaches about playing with the lead, getting the lead early in a game. And it wasn't a long stretch, uh, but the Minnesota Wild were able to take advantage of, you know, maybe the only sleepy part of the game for the Golden Knights, and that was in the first period. Three goals, they're up 3-1 after 20 minutes, and it's tough to fight back, especially against a team. Even though they give up, you know, that many shots, you know, they're still a team that blocks, getting the shot lane, battle in front of the net. Uh, they have a goaltender that's played really well, that's playing confident. Uh, and, you know, there, there's the, this, what's the fancy word? Score effects comes into play when a team has the lead, and uh, the other team's obviously going to outshoot and, and outchance, but, you know, how relative is that to really quality Scoring chance, I think the Golden Knights did generate a lot of quality, um, but they were unable to get the job done. The end result's all that really matters, but certainly for Vegas, I think it's the focus. And we spoke with uh, Mark Stone in the morning. He talked about them putting together a full 60, and I think that's going to be a lot of the focus here heading into game six for them. Uh, once again, they proved what they can do when, they, when they're when they going, when they have speed on the attack, uh, and they get on the floor check, pressure the puck, good in-zone movement, uh, to create, to try and break apart that destructure that the Wild have. That's what creates chances. But, uh, you know, that, that you need to build off it. When you get that, if you get the first goal, build off it. If not, it's a strong start, and they're going to have to do it in, a, in an opposing building. Send us your questions, by the way. Use the hashtag nighttime at noon. We'll get to those later on here on the radio show. Opportunistic for Minnesota, right? They scored three goals on their first six shots of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the first periods continue to be an issue for the Golden Knights, right? They've given up eight goals in the series. Five of the eight 
have come in the first period. And that's something Mark Stone well, touched it. on after the game last night. It's, Yeah, you can sit there and dissect the game as we are and say they dominated most of it, but they also were playing from a two-goal deficit again last night. Again, and that's not where they want to play from. They, they know how they play. They're a team that has a lot of strength when they can play with the lead, especially against a team like the Wild that'll try and open it up, and then you can capitalize on those chances, maybe mistakes Minnesota will make. Um, but, yeah, the first period's been really, you know, kind of the, the point for the Golden Knights that needs to be addressed. I'm sure it has been over and over again. Uh, but they need to find a way. And this is, you know, this is about the, the mindset, the mental focus we talk about, about the preparation to be ready from puck drop, uh, to open up the game the right way. And, and even if you don't get a goal, but to get that, that pressure they have that we've seen them take over, you know, long stretches of time of, of really wearing down the wild, that needs to happen earlier in the game. The Golden Knights uh, allow 14 shots last night. The final shots were 40 to 14, so it's the, it ties the fewest they've ever allowed in the playoff game. It's a franchise low for Minnesota in a playoff game. Well, all that's great, but the final score is 4 to 2 for the, for know, the Wild and people. And we're here to talk about everything, but you're exactly right. It, you know, all that matters is the final result, and it's in favor of the Wild, who were in, you know, a do-or-die situation. It was, you know, win or go home, and they were able to, well, not win and go home now, I guess. They were going home either yeah, they're way. Home they got to go way. home and play another but game. They get now. another game. And, Cor- yeah. and, and head coach Dean Evison of the Wild talked about it. He, he said, you know, this we're, we're in desperation mode. He said we're a team that, that likes to play that way and tries to thrive in it. And uh, what they were able to give that night, they last night, was all they needed. The Golden Knights uh, fall in Game 5 last night 4-2. Of course, the Wild added the empty net of late. Nico Sturm, wasn't he, he was just trying to bank the puck up to Zuccarello, right? Went by him and trickled past Petrangelo into the empty net. Um, but the Golden Knights fall short. Uh, how much do you think, Shane, do they – so now it's back to Minnesota, right? Tomorrow night, Game 6. Uh, we'll have it for you, of course. Uh, the guys will have it on the radio. We'll have it for you on AT&T Sportsnet as well. 6 o'clock here um, for us on TV, 5.30 pregame. The guys get uh, the radio pregame at 5 o'clock. They'll get that going. The Golden Knights, who had not had, had very little success in Minnesota right, in their history, but this series, they win both games there. How much do they take out of those and take into tomorrow? I think a lot. There's a lot of comfort in knowing that you're able to go in there not long ago, win two games, uh, whereas, you know, in the regular season, you go in there and you have this sinking feeling, knowing that, man, we're here again. What, what is it about this building? So they're finally able to overcome that at the right time of the year, and, and that's in playoffs. Um, so I think it helps them. But, you know, the Wild are going to have their fans. They're going to be excited to be at home. They had a great home record in the regular season. Um, But I think, you know, the Golden Knights, if they can get to their game early and stick with their game, uh, you know, I like their chances. I really do. I just think, you know, this is their – I think they're the better team. But, you know, you still have to play the games. They don't just – they don't hand out wins just because uh, you look at the piece of paper or you look at the record in the regular season. That's not – going to do it they've still got to go out and play the game yeah the atmosphere in minnesota we'll see it looked like it was real good for games three and four they had 4500 there for each of those games i'm not honestly whether they're going to be able to increase that or not i don't know um what's going on in the twin cities or in the state of minnesota for that matter in that area but you know for the golden knights had a great crowd last night got off to a great start but then as you mentioned shane that the this this the surges in momentum caprice off comes right back less than a minute later to tie the game 
And we saw this. You mentioned Mark's, uh, Jonathan Marcio's goal in Game 2 here. Mark Stone's goal in Game 3 in Minnesota, right? It, the Golden Knights have, you know, Riley Smith had the comment after the game, I don't think we could have played much worse in the first period of Game 3 for the Golden Knights. And it didn't get a lot better, really, until Stone scored. And then I think the shots were 22-5 to the rest of the game for the Golden Knights. It was no contest, and they ended up, you know, winning that game going away. And they've shown they can, they can dominate for surges of games, long stretches of games, and they did it again last night, but they also did it for stretches in Minnesota earlier in the series. Well, they have. Game one, period one. Golden Knights right, were able to right. dominate that. Just nothing to you know show for it. They've been able to find some offense. I think you know you can't let frustration sink into your game at this point. And uh, you think of the surges where you know a team has over overtaken a game for long stretches. Well, it's been the Golden Knights. Uh, the only period really you can think of Minnesota was you know game two, game right. two and three. Yeah. Yeah, with well, the first periods. Yeah, the early in the game. Yep. Like yep. First periods have been the issue, even even for that seven minute stretch last game. Um, but outside of that, the rest of it, you go to the second and the third. It's been the Golden Knights that have been able to really take control. But sometimes that's not enough. And uh, you know, I think they're going to address everything. They'll make the adjustments. I think they got a little loose in their neutral zone defensively in that first. Two of the goals to me was just. Their gaps were off, too much room. Zuccarello was able to dance his way in. Uh, Jordan Greenway, it was basically a one-on-four, a one-on-five. Too much room. It was a little bit of a late change, so D-men were back. Too much, Just too much time and space uh, in a couple of those plays that resulted in goals against. And the neutral zone plays such a big part. I thought the Golden Knights, when they get to their game, they have speed. They're attacking. They're able to come through. You can see the Wild. They sit up in a 1-3-1. They're really defensive and conscious in that neutral zone, trying to slow you up, trying to create turnovers. So puck management is another key factor for Vegas. Well, the Golden Knights still in the driver's seat of this best of seven, up three games to two. Could not uh, put an end to the Minnesota season last night. They'll take a second crack at it tomorrow night in St. Paul. It's nighttime and noon with uh, Dave Grosher, Shane Knighty. A reminder for you, stop by and visit City National Arena located in downtown Summerlin, where we sit right now doing this broadcast. Bring the family to learn to skate like the pros at the official practice facility of your Vegas Golden Knights. For hours and programming, visit citynationalarena.com. And once again, a reminder, send us your questions. Use the hashtag nighttime at noon, and we'll get to as many as we can a little bit later on. We'll step aside, and when we come back, we'll – you know, kind of take a look ahead now uh, to Game 6, which will be tomorrow night in Minnesota. Some of the keys for the Golden Knights and maybe some of the keys for the Wild as well to be their second chance to keep their season alive. That's coming up after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I mean, I think if we come with the same effort, we're going to get a different result, but we can't be down 3-1. Um, been off to the first period. Uh, finally cost us. Um, you know, we've been, been down in uh, – you know, a couple of games and been able to claw our way back, but today we just, uh, just couldn't get it done. Couldn't get that, uh, couldn't get that third goal, uh, of course, overtime. But yeah, for sure, we're getting lots of, lots of chances. Uh, got a capitalize on. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Mark Stone had himself a little musical accompaniment. Not sure. So, so do you. Yeah, and so do we right now. I'm not sure what's <laughs> going on. But uh, in any event, that is the Golden Knights captain who got his team going. Uh, goals in three straight now for Mark Stone. Huge goal early right off the bat. And uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. They're all bad words, uh, especially this time of year. If the Golden Knights have been able to build on that, 
Certainly you think uh, maybe it would have been a little different story, but it was the Wild that answered back, right, in full desperation mode, scoring three goals in about seven and a half minutes and uh, on their way eventually to a 4-2 win. They, they hung on, hung on, but, you know, the old bend but not break at this point in the season. Uh, Dave and Shane with you on nighttime at noon as we get you set for game six tomorrow night between the Golden Knights and the Wild, there's a couple of teams have already advanced to round two. Uh, Boston Bruins took care of the Washington Capitals in five, actually three teams now, that have advanced. Uh, also sweeping uh, was uh, Colorado sweeping St. Louis out of the playoffs. And last night, the Winnipeg Jets, a four-game sweep of Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. So the Golden Knights try to advance. It is uh, it is very tantalizing to think about, Shane, what a series it would be between the Golden Knights and the Avalanche, but the VGK know all too well they've got they've got work to do here. Um, you know, we've talked about their need probably to come out of the gates. Although last night they they you know they did get on the board early, only to see the Wild come back. <laughs> um, what other areas do you pinpoint as you kind of look at if they're going to have success and wrap this up tomorrow night? What are some other areas that need to improve for the VGK? I think more more consistency throughout that effort throughout the game. You talk, you know, we've, the start. I think we've used that as a key to the game every game. So I'm going to stop saying it. <laughs> I think I think they know that. We'll see what happens. I'm sure, the in coaches the first have. Period. So, uh, but and you heard Mark Stone. It, it's taxing when you're constantly playing from behind, trying to fight, trying to claw back in a game. You can't do it every single time. So, you know, it would be great for them to be able to play with the lead and to build on it. You know, get that lead, hold it, build and build their game as they go. Uh, I think it's always important for them to be able to break the puck out quickly, efficiently. That leads to that speed in the neutral zone. And just their decisions with the puck, always important, especially against a team like the Wild or any good defensive team that really tries to slow you up. And if you have turnovers, that's that's damaging. That slows you up. That You stop moving your feet. You stop getting... You know, that four-line rotation that Pete DeBoer likes to go with that builds momentum, that builds, you know, their four-check, as they like to call it, a relentless four-check, get in, pressure the wild. Uh, I really like the way they had a lot of shifts in zone, their their cycle with the puck, the, the rotation of players. I think Alex Petrangelo's really taken his game up. I think Shea Theodore has another level uh, that we can see him get to. We saw it last playoffs. Um, so there, there's some guys that, uh, you know, everybody, this is individual. This is about not only as a team do you challenge yourself, you challenge yourself individually. What more can I do, uh, you know, to bring success for my team? Because this is a big game. There's certainly the pressure mounts the longer this series goes. And that, and it's not just on the Golden Knights. That's on both sides. There'll be pressure for the Wild. They're still in the same situation. They need a win. Shea Theodore, it's hard to believe as talented as he is, Shane, that he's gone 10 games now without yeah. a point, right? You go back to the regular season. I also uh, just shake my head at times that he hasn't scored a power play goal this year. I mean, a regular year playoffs with someone who's out there as much as he is. And you mentioned it last year, 19 points for the Golden Knights in 20 playoff games to lead the team, not just forwards, to lead the entire team um, in scoring. We've seen how good he can be, and, and and I would imagine you could speak to this much better than, than I could. Just you know, wonder where his – when you don't produce, when you're expected to produce like he can and has, is it a confidence thing right now yes. that he's struggling with? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a guy like Shea Theodore, he looks, you know, at his performance, part of it being point-based. That, you know, for me to 
contribute to help the team, you know, I've got I've got to be on the board offensively. And, you know, it's a little different, you know, especially for a defenseman. You're talking about a forward that gets in the slump there, you know, trying to get Theodore still brings a lot defensively. He's such a good skater and great stick, good passer. Um, but in his mind, he feels that's what makes him effective. And, and when they're not coming, you start to push it. You start to force plays maybe a little bit more. Some passes, some plays. You're not seeing everything as clean. And, you know, it, sometimes you need to just simplify your game. And, and it's harder to say to those high-skilled guys like Shay For myself, it was no problem to simplify. <laughs> that was pretty much the standard. Um, but for Theodore, I think there's certain moments, certain plays – or he doesn't need to try and force it, um, and he still he still creates so much just with his movement, his mobility off the blue line, uh, getting more shots through, taking time. Um, it'll come, and I, I he's one guy that I kind of got pegged to have a big game here in Game Six. Well, the Golden Knights have seen their depth scoring. This is something we highlighted at the top of our show last night that yeah. they have they've had scoring from other sources. Nick Waugh with two goals in in Game Four. Alec Martinez, who I know led the Golden Knights defense uh, core in goals in the regular season, has one last night. Nick Holden, two key assists in the fifth game well, of Alec Martinez series, right? last uh, first goal game from, of the series. First yeah. goal from a defenseman. Yeah, you know, they've gotten some uh, Patrick Brown, right, in game three. Um, and, and all that is great, but I am a pretty firm believer the big guys have to do it. If you're going to have any chance, and Mark Stone's done it, Alex yeah. Tuck's done it, uh, William Carlson, uh, huge insurance goal the other night, Riley Smith, a game winner, Marsha. So the high-end guys have done it. Um, but, you know, their most – if you look at their most skilled defensemen, you know, you, I don't know, Jay Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, you can – Alec Martinez. They've got some guys that can produce offensively back there. And, you know, last night Martinez is, to this point, the only defenseman that scored for them in the series. Yeah, and you look to those guys to help provide it. Um, and that's where the pressure is going to be on. We we mentioned, talked those top two lines. You know, Chandler still, Stevenson's still looking to find the back of the net here in the postseason. Um, there's some guys that they can look to. I think Carlson, Marshall Smith were really good last night. Uh, Pete DeBoer was happy with that line, but still you got to generate. Uh, you've you got to find a way to get on the score sheet. And, and, and they put pressure on themselves. I, li- I like the work ethic of Marsha so last night. It's good. I thought their discipline was right. If we want to get into last night's officiating, <laughs> I usually never complain, and, and I would never want that job. But in a period, and the, you talked about the shots in the final 40 minutes. There's what, two penalties? Yeah, the whole game. But yeah. two penalties, yeah, and against Minnesota. Was, Minnesota, after yep. long stretches in their zone, hooking, holding, hauling down. Um, I, I understand you want to you want to keep it close this time of the year, but uh, in a game where it was so dominant, one sided, uh, there was a few pretty blatant ones that may have went by the wayside as they probably felt. Well, don't want to make it worse. Uh, the one I remember the most was at Hartman that tripped Stevenson. Yeah. I, Theodore got hooked coming into yeah. the high slot. Uh, there was a few. But. Shots in the final two periods were 33-7. to seven. Yeah. You know, it, the Golden Knights had the puck. The, it felt like the entire final two periods of that game. Um, but And good to see them break through on the power play, right? Alec Martinez's goal was on the power play late with nine seconds left. They had gone one for 11 before that. Alex Tuck had a big power play goal to wrap up game two. Uh, but, yeah, you know, to your point, and I, I always think it's – I'm with you. Wouldn't want the job, not an easy job, but, uh, you know, that, and I, I think that being said, and I, I would rather let the players work it out, yeah. but 
you know, I'm always a fan of that. There are certain points where, you know, if it's borderline, all right, let them play on. If it's obvious, that's a you know that's a whole different deal. Uh, a thought on the Wild. We're gonna take a break here momentarily. How much do guys like Kaprizov and Greenway that had not scored yet in the playoffs for them? And there's a lot of focus on Kaprizov, right? He's tremendous rookie season, tremendous young talent. Uh, how much do they get freed up a little bit last night by scoring and producing, especially you know when they hadn't been able to do so yet in the playoffs? Well, I think it was good for for them. If you're a Wild fan, yeah, you you need Kaprizov on the board. This is a young kid that had a tremendous rookie season. He'll win the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, unreal talent that the Minnesota fan base has been waiting years to see come over from Russia. Finally comes over, does not disappoint, and then, you know, a slow start to the playoffs. If the Wild are a team, that, you know, any team, and you just touched on it, if you're going to be a team that's going to move on, yes, you need the depth scoring, but you need your top guys, the guys that are expected to score to lead the way. Golden Knights and Wild getting set for Game 6 tomorrow night. In St. Paul, and of course, uh, just some other series. Great action throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs already. Some series already have wrapped up, and uh, we'll get into that here momentarily. Reminder that for exclusive Golden Knights gear, visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team store locations, the Armory, located at T-Mobile Arena, or the Arsenal right here at City National Arena, or you can always go online at VegasTeamStore.com today. It's nighttime at noon with Dave and Shane. When we come back, we're going to take a look at other action around the Stanley Cup playoffs, some games later on tonight. Also, some terrific games last night, one series ending, another team staying alive. We'll get to that and lots more after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So Jared tells us when we had the Mark Stone cut coming out of the last break that we had a little Justin Timberlake play. Which is why I like JT. Pretty talented fellow. Not more talented than me. Wouldn't take <laughs> well, much. Without doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, Dave and Shane with you. Nighttime at noon. Getting you ready for game six tomorrow night between the Golden Knights and the Wild of EGK. Looking to end Minnesota's season and move on to round two. The Colorado Avalanche waiting in the wings for the winner of this series. Um, it's been said, Shane, and it's worth saying again. The best two months in sports. The Stanley Cup playoffs. It's just so good every year. Never disappoints. It's odd that we're here May 25th and still in the first round, but that's the world we're living in right now. And whoever ends up going all the way to the Cup final, they're going to be playing in the um, early week of July. I think the last day right now is it July 11th? In around July 11th, 13th, 13th, somewhere there. If it goes to Game Seven of the of the Cup final, whoever is there. So when your Bruins won it. 10 years ago, which is hard to believe, June 15th, right, of 2011. That was game seven. That was the distance against Vancouver. So 10 years down the road, for uh, obvious reasons, they could be finishing a month later uh, if it goes the distance in uh, the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's take a look, Shane, at some of these series, and we'll maybe start from last night. So the Winnipeg Jets, who limped – really to the finish. I know they won their last two games of the regular year, but they had dropped. It was a lot, you know, eight or nine or something. It was a lot of games. Um, but if you, as you have said often, it's a whole different deal once you get to the playoffs. And in stunning fashion, they sweep the Edmonton Oilers right out of the playoffs. 
Um, they win the first two games in Edmonton, come back home, and then they, they win this game in triple overtime last night. Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, three overtime games? Three, yeah, so they won yeah, the first game 4-1. to one. They had a couple of empty netters yeah. to win 4-1. to one. And then three straight overtime games, including a triple overtime game yeah. last night. So Connor McDavid. 105 points in 56 games in the regular season, and he and his he and his team here are done in four straight. They had the lead going into the third period in all four games, and never won a game in this series. And they're out just like that. And that's what happens, uh, you know. I don't think there's many people that picked the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and I'm going to say we get to playoffs. What what's the most important position? You're going to have guys that score all the goals in the world, but you need a goaltender. And I don't think. You know, when you look at the matchup here, Connor Hellebuck, uh, you know, Vesna's winning tr- goalie up against Mike Smith. And, and Mike Smith played well, but that's the difference when you have a high-octane offense like the Oilers and you get a player like Hellebuck. If who he gets in the zone, he can win those games. And uh, uh, credit to the Winnipeg Jets, said, yeah, able to fight back. And what that does for a team, their ability to build that confidence of you know, and belief that they're always in a game, uh, they'll, they'll be a tough out now in that North Division. They really will. This is a huge boost to their confidence. Um, and for the Oilers, boy, this is uh, this is going to be a tough one to swallow. You have two guys that led the league in scoring. Is, you know, Dreisaitl right up there, McDavid, the uh, most dangerous one-two punch in the league. And they are out in four straight. Uh, playoffs can be a cruel time. The Oilers will be haunted by the third game, right? Oh, the third game was, yeah, that just. Up 4-1 to one with nine minutes left. The Jets have nothing going on, and there's a lot more to it than just Josh yeah. Oshibald taking the penalty against Logan Stanley, but it didn't help, and the Oilers score, uh, the Jets score. Momentum shift. Late on that power play. We talked about it right yeah. earlier in the show. It was a momentum yeah. shift. Took a penalty, power play goal, and from there, the, the Oilers just wilted, and the Jets took over. Oilers couldn't find a way to grab back. Go to overtime, and the Jets win once again. So they will. Uh, they're they've moved on. Obviously, the Jets uh, to round two. They're awaiting the winner of Montreal Toronto. Uh, that's game four tonight. Leafs are up two games to one in that series. Back to last night. Florida stays alive. They needed the win in game five against Tampa. They do right. They win three. Uh, they they win last night to make it a three-two series for the Bolts. Spencer Knight. Gets the start. So they've used three different goalies, the Panthers in the series. Sergei Bobrovsky, Chris Drieger, and now Spencer Knight, first-ever goalie to play in the NCAA. It was at Boston College, play in the NCAA, and play in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the same year. He only turned pro a month ago. They put him in last night. We were You had it on yeah. the uh, the laptop situation. We were watching it before our game. It's been my favorite series yeah. to watch outside of the Golden Knights. Uh, I think it's, it's great for the sport. I love these areas, and... Florida's been trying to build up. Tampa's, you know, taking it. Obviously, Stanley, a couple Stanley Cups helps build hockey in that Tampa Bay area. But the Fort Lauderdale area just really hasn't gravitated to it. And they have needed these two teams to meet in playoffs. That's what it was going to take. They finally have it. It's been nasty. It's been great hockey. It's been hatred. It's been everything I love about playoff hockey between these two teams. And, yeah, Spencer Knight, calm and cool. No question. Went to BC. That explains a lot. Also won a gold medal uh, for the US uh, U U twenty tournament. Um, led his team there. He, he's he's a guy that's been in pressure situations, and he was able to answer last night uh, as the Panthers able to extend this series. Tampa is a tough team. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it doesn't get any easier as they'll go to Game Six. Hey, how about so we were watching this, 
and the Lightning score on their first shot of the game. Yeah. And you're thinking, like, if oh, you're Spencer yeah. Knight, oh, this is terrific. <laughs> he made 35 straight yeah. saves after that. You know, settled in, and uh, and the Panthers were able to to stay alive um, after that early goal against last night. Um, about the Islanders and uh, and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So last night, um, double overtime. Josh Bailey to win it for the Islanders to put them up three games to two in Pittsburgh. Um, Tristan Jari, who's who's been really good for really the Penguins, good. but just a, a you know just gave the puck away so on the double overtime goal. It usually is. Usually it's a mental breakdown more than anything that leads to a you know especially a late a double overtime goal and uh, yeah unfortunate for the goaltender and I'm sure the team will rally around Jari. Is the Penguins? Everybody had you know what a run they went on at the end of the year. They you know looked unbeatable and in a tough division and. They face the Islanders, but uh, Barry Trotz has done sh- such a terrific job. Look at what – so Trotz – I, I still can't figure this out. With the Washington Capitals, wins the Stanley Cup. Leaves. Mm-hmm. Washington hasn't done anything in playoffs since. Out three years in a row in the first, first round. round since since so. he left. Yeah. The Islanders scoop him up, and, and just a tremendous coach. I played for him way back uh, with the Nashville Predators. Great man, great coach, super intelligent, knows how to motivate his players. And this Islander team, uh, you know, that's why it's so hard to predict. Everybody thought Pittsburgh would win for sure. Tampa Bay would roll over Florida. Edmonton would beat Winnipeg. Well, nothing nothing is guaranteed when you get to this time of the year, and uh, that's what makes playoff hockey so great. Two games tonight. How about this Carolina-Nashville And there's series. another series. It's been Everybody, awesome. Everybody wrote Nashville off. I wrote them off probably two months into the season, <laughs> and then they stormed back. But you look at some of their players. They still got, you know, they got a Norris defenseman in Yossi, you know, Philip Forsberg up front, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, who we all forget about yeah. but was considered elite at one time. Soros has been unbelievable. Soros is, that's been the story for Nashville. Is You know, Pecorini, so good for so long for that organization, but. Some of us age catches up. It caught up with him, and UC Saros took a little while to get going, but once he did, he's just been outstanding, led them to a playoff position, and now led them back into this series against the Canes, who had such a tremendous regular season. Back-to-back, double overtime wins for the Predators. Uh, Matt Duchesne scores in double overtime in Game 3. UC Saros had 52 saves. Then Luke Cunnan scores in double overtime Sunday in Game 4. Soros had 58 <laughs> saves in that game. The goal Cunning scored was pretty cool. He scored the early first minute yeah. of the game for Nashville. And then in the second overtime, and it's just these stories in the playoffs, right? Breaks his stick, goes to the bench, the equipment manager right on it, gets in the fresh one. He's kind of the late guy coming into the zone. They find him wide open in front, scores, and just like that. I was just happy series. nobody got hurt on the celebration after. <laughs> it was about a five-foot five leap. But uh, that's what happens. There's a lot of excitement. You can't control emotion in in that situation. And yeah, the Nashville Predators have made a series of this. Right? Uh, it's uh, that's what makes it so exciting. It's great. Uh, I'll be tuning into that game. It's been fantastic, and it was great to see too in both of those buildings. And yes. obviously, we had a great crowd here last night in Vegas. But Very Carolina, similar. Nashville, fantastic atmospheres. Carolina had over twelve thousand. Nashville had to be. It looked yeah. packed on television. You know, it looked like it was jammed again. I and mean, that's why I've had, I find it hard now to watch. I can't watch. I don't, I shouldn't say can't. I prefer not to watch yeah. the Canadian division because there is nobody in the fans. It's unbelievable fans. as we sit here now in late May of 2021, there has not been a fan of any kind at a hockey game in Canada all year. 
14 months, they haven't had a single fan, which is, you know, it's it's hard to believe. Uh, speaking of Canada, Montreal-Toronto, game four tonight in Montreal. So the Leafs, they have that horrible, scary incident with yeah. John Tavares in the first game. Uh, they lose that game to Montreal. But then they're able to bounce back, right? They've won the last two. They're up two games to one. William Nylander's come up big. He's, he's scored in all three games of the series and uh you know for the canadians the offense it's you know they've scored i think four goals in the three games so far but they'll go tonight game four with you know the leafs who you know they they won that division right going away the north division this year they'll try to go up three games to one tonight with game four in montreal yeah and for montreal it's been a struggle right to find that offense and uh you know coaching change it's kind of been an up and down year they started so well everybody thought they would be the, the top of the north uh, the Canadian division, but kind of trailed off. You know, Carey Price was out of the lineup. Jake Allen, uh, you know, they made some moves that I really like. Josh Anderson there to to bring some size and speed, trying to change. Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli. What a yeah. season he had for Montreal. Um, but uh, it was close. Two one last game. Uh, it's you know they're going to make it tough. I still see Toronto just you know as the powerhouse up there. Uh, but they are missing. We we didn't touch on you know how much the Golden Knights miss. Max Pacioretty, while the Leafs now missing their captain, John Tavares. Yeah, and uh, Jack Campbell Yeah, has that, that's been the man in net for the Leafs. Nobody would have thought that no, before the no, season. Freddie Anderson got hurt. Campbell opens the door for Campbell, and he's been awesome. He really has. He's been has. great for them. He really – you know, it's hard to believe these teams haven't met in the playoffs since 1979. And I'm with you, Shane. Look, I, I'll flip around and watch most of it, what's going on, but – how great would it be in those two hockey mad cities to have packed houses for their first playoff meeting in forever? Oh, be unbelievable! It really would. Be. Yeah, it's so historic. Those two franchises and the battles they've had, and for you know those those hockey fans that have, you know, you grow up, you're either Montreal or Toronto in that eastern part of Canada, or even all over Canada. It's been, you know, a rivalry forever. I still think the Boston-Montreal one, it, yeah. it grew a little bit more later, but um, just just terrific hockey markets. And, yeah, it, it would be – it is unfortunate that they don't have fans for it, but uh, it is what it is, and they move on. And you'd be curious to see how this all plays out, right? The Golden Knights, they're, they're hoping to move on. They've got another chance to do it tomorrow night. Um and a much different deal this year with the playoffs. You stay within your division the first two rounds, which we normally would do. No Eastern Conference and Western Conference this year, right? With the yeah. realignment, and theoretically, the Golden Knights could play Tampa in the semifinals. Maybe even Toronto. I'd have to look a little I'm bit harder. Nashville, at myself. Maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> but let's selfishly root yeah, for what we'd like to. Like what we'd Nashville. like to see, anyways. I'd like to see Nashville come out. Yeah. And, and then a lot of co- people have asked me just out and about. Well, you know what happens with that Canadian division? Well, as right now, as we know, the team that comes out of there will have a U.S. destination. They'll play it. I believe that's the plan. Yes. As of now, the border issue, change, yeah, right? With the border issue, whoever wins that division will have to. You know, if it's Toronto, they may play it of Columbus, for an example. And they'll reseed, right? And, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about this, but just kind of bears repeating. So after the first two rounds, whoever's left, the final four, they reseed by just points in the regular year. One plays four, two plays three. Let's just play it forward. If the Golden Knights move ahead and if they were beat, able to beat Colorado, the Golden Knights are number two overall in the league. The only team ahead of them, obviously, are the Avalanche. So the Golden Knights would have home ice against anybody they play but Colorado. But obviously that's still 
uh, a long ways away. But uh, they, they got something to take. How about winning tomorrow night? I was going to say they're, they're, that'd be the great. Task at hand right now is the Minnesota Wild. We'll get to all the rest of that, Dave. Thanks very much. But uh, nighttime and noon here with Dave and Shane. Here on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas, and of course uh, the Golden Knights getting set. They'll try to close it out tomorrow, Game 6 in St. Paul. The VGK actually on their way to the Twin Cities as we speak. A reminder for you, you can join other Golden Knights fans around the world with VGK Worldwide, the official global fan club of the Vegas Golden Knights. Become a premium member by visiting VGKWorldwide.com and purchasing your kit today. Premium members receive access to exclusive merchandise, exciting contests, and specialized content. Don't miss this opportunity to be a part of Painting the Globe Gold at VGK Worldwide. Send us your questions. Hashtag nighttime at noon. We're going to answer all of them to the best of our limited capabilities when we come back on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. In the home stretch, nighttime at noon. Dave Gosher, Shane Naughty with you from our Studio 31 abode here in downtown Summerlin, the Golden Knights and the Wild. Gearing up for the sixth game of this series. If you're listening to this, you're hoping you don't see a Game 7 on Friday night. Mark Stone touched on this, Shane, and we're going to get to your questions here just uh, momentarily. But, you know, we chatted with him a little bit yesterday morning. Golden Knights were in this boat in round two last year, right? Well, they, first two rounds. They were up 3-1 on Chicago, closed it out. Yep. Up 3-1 on Vancouver, eventually closed it out, but got to a Game 7. They were able to finally put the Canucks away. <laughs> hey, that one was tight. That was tight. They had, you know, Markstrom and then Demko and – the whole nine yards. I guess all that being said, Pete DeBoer's talked about this a lot, as have we. I, I think we felt this was going to be a long series from the start, and now it just got a little bit longer, but they're still in a good spot heading into game six tomorrow night. They are, and they need to have that urgency to close it out. Uh, you know, you don't want to sit and wait while we got – you can't say, I ha you know, well, we have one more chance. No, it, it's, it's about going in with – uh, that purpose to end it right now. And I think, you know, Mark Stone, we've talked about the veteran group all season long that they have in that room. you got guys, Petrangelo, Martinez, Flurry, cup winners, uh, that understand the importance of trying to close out a series, what needs to be done, uh, and, you know, along with a lot of other guys who have voices and experience. And uh, that'll be the message I want to send to one another, that, they, you know, we're not looking at, you know, having this safety game. Let's Let's take care of business and, uh, for them, it's about to going out and, and to play the way they need to, to execute their game plan the best they can. I am a believer, Shane, and we've all, you and I have both been through this uh, with teams. Obviously, you're from a playing perspective and me from uh, calling games. If it gets to a seventh game and your team's had a lead of 3 nothing, 3-1, and the other team fights back, once you get to a seventh game, all bets are off. But I, I also think that that pressure shifts to the team that had the lead in the series and then no longer has it. Well, it does, it, without question. But I, I've been on there where you don't have the pressure and you, you fight back, you still lose. Yeah. Uh, that's not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. They, Hopefully but, it doesn't get to that. But just, that's you know. it. They don't want to get to that. I think they want to look after, take care of business, their focus, and everything they should be thinking about is tomorrow night and how to handle it. Questions and comments from the people before we say uh, good afternoon, toodaloo. <laughs> uh, who has been the most impressive to you so far in the series? I'm going to jump Mark out. Mark andre Fleury. Yeah. 
you know, maybe not last night, but certainly they aren't up 3-1 going into last night's game without Marc-Andre Fleury and the way he performed in those first four games of this series. And I'll throw out there just on the other side, Joel erickson Eck scored two, could have four. Yeah. You know, had a great regular season, the best regular season of his career. Um that line's a lot to handle. The Golden Knights, had, you know, they're you know, you got Greenway, Erickson, Eckfelina. Their work ethic. Yeah, they, they, they work. They're physical. They they are a lot to handle. They're they're big bodies. They're not afraid to go to the net. Couple of questions. Well, question slash comment from Kingson on the Twitters. Oh boy. Um, I got a question. Who would win a ping pong game between Dave and Gary Lawless? Uh, I'd like to think I would win. Yeah. yeah athletic um I had a, you play tennis gary plays I, pickleball that's right so i don't know have you either of you guys played no ping-pong? we haven't i i had a ping pong table growing up back uh 100 yeah. years ago i used to the ends of it as you know i get angry sometimes when i'm losing and the the edge of the ping pong table got worn out because i used to take the paddle and just hammer away at that i don't know gary talks a lot a big um pickleball game <laughs> i've never played it have you well, I, we'll I, have to maybe we'll have to do that. We'll have to start with pickleball. You guys would have a chance in ping pong. I used to play like a lot of teams do. They have a ping yeah. pong table. We we had a lot of big tournaments. Were you like Forrest Gump? No, he was, a, he was the goes, world ping not, pong champion. Yeah, he could do both hands. Yep, I just, not a problem just, for him. Uh, Kingston also chimes in, Shane. Not really a question, but I just want to say I believe uh, we're the better team. Meaning the the VGK, obviously. Uh, no matter who's in net, who's hurt, our depth and ability should get us over the top. Uh, and you guys, all in caps, you and me, uh, are the best commentators ever. Goats. <laughs> King said. Uh, a little excessive, but thank you're, you. You're, in, you're immediately our favorite listener. Yes. It doesn't take much. No. It really doesn't. Just a, a nice comment is uh, all it takes. Why uh, Johnny T? Why do the Gold Knights struggle with teams that wear green? Uh, I wish I had a better answer for you than because I was thinking, well, who? Well, yeah, Dallas. Yeah, referring to Dallas. San Jose's teal, San Jose's but teal. I guess it's kind of a. Minnesota. Uh, but they're up three games to two. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand the uh, um, the whole deal, but still, I mean, they're in a good spot here uh, in the series. Uh, a question from uh, a question for, for the sheriff. Uh, what was your experience like playing road games? Well, I could ask this two ways. You played for Minnesota. So <laughs> what was it like to play for the Wild in that? It's a hockey-mad city, right? And what was it like to go in there as a visitor to play at uh, Excel Energy Center? Well, it's the state of hockey. There, there's, you know, it's similar to a lot of the Canadian crowds. You know, people love hockey there. They come in. Um, it's a beautiful building. Uh, yeah, it's great. It really is. It's kind of got that, that Minnesota theme to it. There's a lot of wood, like some of the restaurants. And, and the fans were great. I enjoyed my year playing there. That said, it doesn't compare to Vegas. No. It really doesn't. Nothing you really know, does. It, it, there, there's nothing similar to it. It's, it, I think, as a, and also as a, you do enjoy fans. I'd rather have fans in the building coming into a visiting building than have no one. I, I think that still fires you up. I remember I lo- I used to love, uh, we had a great series my one year going to Philly. And Philly fans can be a little bonkers, <laughs> a little aggressive, <laughs> a let's little, say. Yeah. Like in warm-up, they'd come down and bang on the glass. try to. And I used to just lean I love that. You know, you, sometimes you can feed off of those fans that are trying to get you off your game. So uh, I think any building, wherever you are, you've got to be able to prepare and be comfortable playing, whether it is home or road. Hey, the HSK, by the way, playing for the, in the Pacific Division Finals this week at T-Mobile Arena against Bakersfield, the Edmonton Oilers AHL affiliate. It's going to be a best of three. They will play at T-Mobile 
this week. So if um, if you get the chance, check that out as uh, it's down to uh, those two teams to uh, win, win what will be the Pacific Division this year. So uh, Darren and my other brother, Darren, are going <laughs> to give this a shot tomorrow nighttime at noon. That's Millard and Elliott. Of course, uh, Millard, the busiest man in show business, he'll be on the VGK Insider Show later today with Ryan Wallace, 4 to 6, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And then, Shane, you and I are going to be sitting in the exact same seats we are in right now, tomorrow night, right? Game 6 between the Golden Knights and the Wild. Is, uh, the, have a good feeling about it. Try to I have a good wrap feeling. this up tomorrow night. Thanks to Dakota. Thanks to Jared. Thanks to you for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow night for Game 6. Fox Sports Las Vegas.